let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll dive into the scriptures here tonight. Lord, thank you so much for your love, and thank you for what you're doing in this place, not only what you have done over the number of years that, uh, as I even think about people here tonight, like the Blackfords and, and uh, my mom and other people, the, the news that have been here and have been so instrumental in the history of this church and, and the way that this community has been reached, God, only you know what's yet to come. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited to be able to be a part of it, to hear what's going on here. And I just pray, God, you'd help us to be faithful. Um, God, I know from your word that you are everlastingly good and you are everlastingly faithful. And I pray that you would get all the glory and all the praise for what is done in and through this ministry. And I pray you give Pastor wisdom as, uh, again, in the days to come as he has to make decisions. And our men, these deacons, I pray that you lead us and guide them and help them, Lord. We ask for your help as we study your word tonight in Christ's name. Amen. Um, well, I was excited, obviously, to get to the opportunity to um, preach to you tonight. And so we do have a handout here for you at, down at the front. Um, if you just lift your hand, if you have not gotten one of those, the guys will make their way by your row. But go ahead and turn your Bibles with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 12 and verse 12. Romans 12 and verse 12. I will say, you know, with so many of the things that I learned in ministry here, one of the big things are basically an, a limitless list of jokes. And so I'm getting so much mileage out of the jokes that I've learned over the last 15 years here with our receptionists. And we have two receptionists, so they swap out, you know, morning and then one in the afternoon. And uh, it's just fun. They love to see me coming. And the days that I don't have a new joke, they're really disappointed. So... I got a, a, Justin reminded me of a few uh, yesterday. I'm like, oh, I forgot about that one. And then Nathaniel remembered, reminded me of the wood eye jokes. I haven't told that one yet. The wood eye and the hair lip. If you haven't heard that one, that's for another day. But I'm like, they are going to love that one. And I forgot all about it. So Romans chapter 12 and verse 12. Uh, actually, let's start in verse 1. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the way the Romans is such a, a doctrinal book at the beginning, Paul lays out, you know, your needs for salvation and how God has provided that by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And then once you are saved, you are justified, you're going to be glorified. And you get to Romans 12, and he is saying that as a Christian now, you, you ought to want to live for Jesus Christ, Right. And that as you present your body a living sacrifice, you ought to be conformed, not to this world, but more into the image of Jesus Christ and who Christ is. So then he begins to go into some very practical things, very practical behaviors that ought to be in a Christian's life. And what I thought, there are three in verse number 12 that I wanted to focus on tonight, that as you all as a church move forward in this next step, now you've got this building. And what's amazing is, you think over the last number of years, you know, pastor has been talking about a new auditorium. And then with updating the old building, you guys realize this is a brand new church entirely. This is a brand new church. I walked in the fellowship hall and it, I was mind blown. And, and, and I knew that what you guys were going to be doing with it. But to see it all come together and the cabinetry and just how beautiful it is, um, that is going to be an awesome place to have fall kickoff. 
Just saying, all right? So as you, now that you have this, as you go forward, there are some behaviors that ought to be in your life, or, or there's some things you ought to be as a Christian moving forward. And verse number 12 says this, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. So the first thing, uh, if you see there, a key text for this lesson is Romans 12, 12, the introduction. Why bother with those? All right. So number one is rejoicing in hope, rejoicing in hope as a Christian, as you take the next step as a church, you ought to rejoice and just be joyful. We have been given so much from God. We've been given so much. And if the only thing you've ever been given is your salvation in Jesus Christ, you have been given so much. And as I, as I look at uh, the youth room, which is just awesome. I mean, that chalkboard, I don't know what I would do with that chalkboard. My mind... I'd, I'd probably nothing would be on it because my mind would be so locked up on all the things I could put on that chalkboard. <laughs> so it's good that you guys, I love the calendar and all that. Um, but as you go forward, you ought to rejoice in hope. And let's look at this letter A. Hope is an earnest expectation. Philippians 1, 19 and 20. The scripture says, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Now, Paul, man, by the Spirit of God, he had a boldness and a confidence that whether he died or whether he lived, Jesus Christ was going to be glorified in his body. That was his earnest expectation and his hope. So our, our hope, the things that we rejoice in, we rejoice in earnest expectations that God has given us in his word. Um, some of those expectations that Jesus Christ is coming back. Um, I had a, a moment. So one of my peers, one of my coworkers, her name is Amber. She's our design person and works with social media. One day, uh, I was like maybe a month after working there, she was just getting kind of frazzled about some stuff that really she couldn't do anything about and didn't need to be done that day. And then so... Laura and I used to kind of have this thing where if things happen like that, we'd say, you know what we're going to do with this? We're going to take this, and we're going to set it over here. And not worry about it, because there's nothing we do about it. And so I did that with Amber. She's like, that is so good. <laughs> and so, so then my supervisor, Carmen, came in, and, and Amber told her about it. And she goes, oh, Nate's got some pastor tactics, is what she called them. <laughs> so I got pastor tactics now, apparently. And um, I, I say all of that to say... There are, um, uh, it's fun talking with Carmen and working with Christian people because there are just days when I just tell her, I'm like, you know what, man, Jesus is coming back. And she's from Mississippi. So for her, Jesus is coming back. That's kind of, but it's even deep, man, she's got deep south. You know, I'm, I'm, I spent four years, you know, in Tennessee there in Bible college and they're, they're more like sin and death and hell, but Texas is like sin, death and hell. You know, it's more of that <laughs> Southern Got Southern. <laughs> or you have the... No, okay, we won't go there. Um, <laughs> Got to remember where I am. Um, but we have this earnest expectation. So going forward in your Christian life, something you can do this week is to rejoice in the hope of the promises of God. And whether you need to remind yourself that you are saved, whether you need to remind yourself that, as you, uh, that, that God can supply your need 
through his riches according to Jesus Christ. Whatever you need to remind yourself about this week, get in this book and remind yourself of the truths of God's word. So there's, we ought to rejoice in hope. Then we need to wait patiently in hope. Romans eight twenty four says this, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? If Jesus had come back five minutes ago, you wouldn't be saying, Man, I hope Jesus is coming back. I'm, lo- I'm looking for that day for Jesus to come back. Right? The hope, it's all... It's all looking to the future. It's looking at things that cannot be seen with your eye. It's all seen by faith. So we wait patiently in hope. And verse 25 says, but if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. And then Hebrews 6.16, pastor was in Hebrews this morning. If you would look there quickly. Hope, this hope is an anchor of the soul. And there are Christians that because they stopped rejoicing in hope, they have lost the anchor for their soul. Now, they haven't lost their salvation. Jesus is the one keeping that, right? He says, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. So for a person that has placed their faith and trust in Christ, you're never going to perish. But what you can do is make shipwreck of your faith. Paul talks about that. And here in Hebrews 6.16, the scripture says, For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath of confirmation is to them... And end of all strife. And, and no doubt you've been in a conversation. Somebody says, I swear on my mother's grave. You know, I swear on the Bible or I swear to God. And they, you know, use the Lord's name in vain because they're not really thinking about who they're talking about. But men swear by this. And the scripture says, verse 17, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which that it was impossible for God to lie we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus. So you and I have a hope, and that hope is Jesus Christ. And God has made his promises to us, telling us things that before they happen, that they're going to happen. Telling us things about himself, saying that he cannot lie. Why? Because that's immutable. He will never change on that. And so it, 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 uh, it, it, it tells us so much about who God is. And so as a Christian, going forward in your Christian life, I hope that you'll remember to rejoice in hope. And the times that your joy is getting stolen... The moments that you realize in a day that your joy is just gone, remember the hope that is set before you. That's your anchor, and Jesus Christ is sure and steadfast. So we rejoice in hope. Secondly, going forward, we need to be patient in tribulation. Now, how many of you cringed a little bit at that statement, right? You're like, oh, patient. Ah, oh, just, no. Oh. Who in here is naturally patient? Liar. <laughs> oh, it was, a... <laughs> it was funny. Um, my first week working there, my uh, supervisor wanted me to take one of these personality tests. And I actually get jazzed about personality tests. I, I am into that kind of thing. And so I took this test. It was like from a, the Tony Robbins, you know, it was the Tony Robbins test. And we did some of the Myers-Briggs things. And uh, it was just interesting going through some of that. Uh, there, none of them were like... This person's patient. That's not a personality trait where you're just more patient than others, all right? That's a, 
That's, that's where we're messed up as human beings, right? Wanting to be, uh, trying to be patient. But patient in tribulation, um, the definition from Webster's 1828, um, again, the many things that I've learned here at Grace Baptist, go to the go that dictionary. Patient is having the quality of enduring evils without murmuring or fretfulness. Um, man, you know, in Psalm, I think it's Psalm 32, it says, fret, God says, fret not. Because of evildoers. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that, right? You live in a wicked world. Maybe you have a coworker that's just badgering you, trying to uh, just corrupt your testimony. And, and God says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. And, and just, so having the quality of enduring evils without murmuring or fretfulness, sustaining afflictions of body or mind with fortitude. That's such a great word. Calmness or Christian submission to the divine will. They're just tribulations that you and I are going to go through. But notice this. Think about this the next time you go through a tribulation. Jesus told you it would happen. That just means Jesus is true. What he says is right. So look at this. John 16, 33 says, These things, the Lord speaking to his disciples, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. And can I just tell you, we have a world that is looking for peace. And if they look for peace apart from Jesus Christ, they will not find it. Um, some of the stuff lately that's blown up in the Middle East. I remember being, I remember back in my day being in college in 1999. Right? I was in college in 1999. I think that's when they went in and got Yasser Arafat, you know. And now all these years later, when you look at their launching missiles at Israel, none of that's changed. They've been doing that even before 1999. And it's, it, all of that's been going on. But Jesus said, in the world, they're looking for peace, and they're not going to find it apart from Christ. John 16 says, in the world ye shall, have, ye shall have tribulation. Now, how many of you have a period right after that word tribulation? Who's got a period in their Bible? Who has a, I had to learn, I remember this, semicolon. No, it's not a semicolon. Who has a colon right there? All right, look, that's because the statement continues, right? Jesus says, all right, so to you, I almost called you Je- Jeffrey. Jesus says this, in this world, you will have tribulation, but he doesn't stop there. He says, be of what? Good cheer. I have overcome the world. You and I have a savior that he is, he has overcome all of the tribulation in the world. And he, there is coming a day in which this world will bow before him and exalt him by saying, Jesus Christ is Lord. They're going to do that to the glory of God the Father. And so uh, if you're in the world, you're going to have tribulation. In that tribulation, you can have joy and have good cheer because Christ has overcome the world. Uh, Romans 5, if you would look there quickly with me. Romans chapter 5. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's, that's what Pastor meant when he said, you can come up here right now, and we can put you in that baptistry, and we can dunk you in water, but that doesn't justify you. That doesn't give you peace with God. That does nothing except get you wet. You are justified by faith in Jesus Christ, by whom also 
we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. So you and I stand in the grace of God. We've been given access by faith and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So there's one of the hopes that God's given us, that God's glory, God will be glorified and this world will recognize it. That's coming. And that's one of our hopes. Verse three. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. You see, the more you go through tribulation, the more you learn about God. And the more you learn about God, the more that you compare what you're learning about God to what God says about himself in this world. And it builds your hope. So you sit there and go, now God has told me this and I see how God has led me through these trials and God's word is true and I have hope. He's coming back and I'm going to see him. And so it builds uh, your faith. So then number three, so we, number one, you have rejoicing in hope. Number two, patient in tribulation. And then number three, and again, this one just made me so mindful of so many of you that have been uh, uh, praying for me. And I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Because there are times when God is bringing this to my mind saying, continue instant in prayer continue instant in prayer romans 12 12 continue instant in prayer a couple things about this colossians 4 2 says continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving what is the opposite of continue Uh i'm gonna make the teens all stand again you're all gonna have to stand what's the opposite of continue stop or discontinue a couple i heard a couple freshmen say that discontinue the opposite of continue is to stop. God never tells you, God never wants you in your life to stop praying. Continue in prayer. Isaiah 29, 5 says this, Moreover, the multitude of thy strangers shall be like small dust, and the multitude of the terrible ones shall be as a chaff that passeth away. Yea, it shall be at an instant suddenly. And what's so cool, remember, God defines these words for us in his word. So to be instant in prayer means you just, at the drop of a hat, can do it. You can suddenly, you suddenly can talk to God at any moment. This blows my mind because there are times when you're in tribulation. There are times when you don't feel like rejoicing in hope. And in those moments, if you continue instant in prayer, you can talk to the God of the universe suddenly. This in an instant, I, I gave you a few definitions here. I just wanted to love, these definitions are great. Instant, pressing, urgent. I actually, I have to confess, I'm going to confess my ignorance here. I don't even know how to say the next word. Import, I know importunity. I don't know this version of it. So import, importunate. It's in, very important. Uh, I know that's different. I'm just kidding. Earnest, rejoicing in hope. Look down at the next one. Instantaneity. I love that unpremeditated production. Um, some of the videos that I'm getting to do for the school, you know, people will either say, hey, we recorded this for the fourth grade class. Can you do something with it? Or I go out and we try to do something and make it a production. What am I doing? I'm getting all this stuff together. I'm getting it in order. I'm editing it, cutting it. God doesn't want you to edit your prayer with him. It doesn't need to be a production. It just needs to be, God, help. And in that, if you look down at Psalm 18, 6, I gave that verse to you. This is one of those unedited things. This is one of those unedited prayers where David says, In my distress, 
I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. I just cried out to him. And what happened? He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. Now think about where is God's temple? Where is, where is God right now? In heaven, right? How many bazillion light years away is that right now? And yet you and I, when you go home tonight, in an instant you can cry out to God. And that prayer goes into that temple and even into his ears because you are his child and he wants to hear from you. He wants to answer that. That's where God is just amazing. And you can pray in your infirmity. And I just wrote about, you know, many times we pray for the infirmity of our flesh, right? God, pray for my broken arm, pray for my grandpa's got cancer or or whatever that is. What about when your soul is in infirmity? And you don't even know what to pray for. And and you guys know, God gives us the verse. If you would look at Romans 8, Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. The scripture says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Remember, in in the travail of your soul, in the infirmity of your flesh, you have a helper. And it's the Holy Spirit. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You see, you you don't have to edit your prayer with God. You don't have to splice it up, cut it, make sure the transitions are all good. Just pray. Verse 27, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You see, that is a hope that I can rejoice in. That in those dark times, in those dark moments, when I don't even know what to say, that God can search my heart, God can search your heart and your mind and know exactly what you're trying to say, know exactly what you need, and be an amazing Heavenly Father to meet that need. And I love in discipleship that verse, the, the verse, the key verse for the discipleship lesson about our relationship with the Heavenly Father. And Jesus looks at those disciples and goes, if you being evil know how to give, give, give good gifts to your children. Now see, the way we think of ourselves is I, I'm good because I know how to give good gifts. And Jesus says, okay, basically, he's basically saying, you're a sinner dirtbag, but you know how to do some good stuff. The holy God of heaven, can he not come down and meet your need and help you and give you what you don't even know that you need? And the answer is absolutely yes, Lord. So as you move forward as a church, as you move forward in your Christian life, I hope that you'll take to heart to rejoice in hope. Don't let this world steal your joy. Jesus said, in me, you have peace. In this world, you have tribulation. So rejoice in hope. If you're going through tribulation, be patient in that. Don't give up your faith. Don't give up on God. Be patient in tribulation. And then continue instant in prayer. Um, I love it. I could right now take my cell phone and go into the lobby over there and call every one of you and instantaneously be in touch with you. And then tomorrow I'm going to get a plane, go fly to Austin, and I get on that cell phone, and I could talk to you just as much as I talked to you when I was in the lobby. Now, it is cool being able to talk to you face-to-face. i got to tell you that. Well, most of you. Um, <laughs> i got to tell you, it's awesome being able to see you guys, and, 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 and that would help us, right? Um, how many of you have ever just wanted, you're like, okay, I know I can talk to God, but, like, I mean, I want a 30-minute sit-down session where I can look Jesus Christ in the face and just say, God, please, <laughs> you know, how many of you have ever felt that way? You really wanted that, that time with the Lord. You really can't have that. But there is coming a day in which you really will get to see him. And that's an amazing day. So 
rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, and continuing instant in prayer. And I just cannot wait to see and to hear about what God is going to do with you guys as you press forward. And as I mentioned the verse this morning, it's cool that the uh, at Trinity Baptist there, he the theme of the year is uh, come together. Um, not the third day song, but you know, come together. And the verse that they've been hitting on lately is that Philippians one twenty seven that you strive as Christians, you ought to strive not with one another, but with one another for the gospel, right? Um, and so it's going to be so awesome to see what God does with you guys as you continue to do that. Let's pray, Lord. Thank you so much for your love, the opportunity to study your word tonight, and uh, thank you for.